The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the second Sunday of Lent, so we're about 10 days into the Lenten season. It's a good time to kind of check in with ourselves and say, uh, has anybody else broken their Lenten promise yet? So I have to admit, I'm having one of those years where I'm like, well, I could give up this and this and this and TV and alcohol and... Then I was on a flight recently and I got in and I just started going through the motions and I was like watching a movie and having a beer. <laughs> Nuts, I just, I just broke my thing. And it's not uncommon, right? It's not uncommon. So like, what do we do when we like have a Lenten relapse? Because that's really kind of what it is. And sometimes there's the temptation to say, well, okay, I messed that up, so I guess I'm not doing anything. Sometimes my motto is like, life is Lent. Like, just like my life is Lent enough, Lord. And there's some sense in which that's true. At some times in our lives, we kind of go through a life Lent. You know, like, we can go through really difficult times and really difficult sufferings. And really what we do during the Lenten season is like practicing for those bigger things in our life because really the goal of the Lenten season is to prepare ourselves to renew 
the relationship that was established between us and our Lord at our baptism. Right? Like that's the goal. The goal is to prepare ourselves to renew the relationship that was established at our baptism. And so we're at Easter, we will renew our own entrustment of our hearts to Jesus. And, and so everything has to be ordered to surrendering. Right? Everything has to be ordered to surrendering. And I remember when I was younger, sort of Lenten sacrifices were just like disciplines to see if I could do something that was really hard. You know, like I, I just want to see if I can do something that's really hard. And, and it became like my goal, like, okay, I want to do this really hard thing. But it wasn't really ordered towards surrender. It was sort of ordered towards discipline that I can then congratulate myself about later and say, look, I'm so tough and I kept my Lenten promise and you didn't. Instead of allowing it to awaken in me my, de- my dependence on God for all things. Surrendering our hearts is... It really is the most difficult thing that we do to trust somebody so much that we're willing to put our hearts in their hands. To even trust our Lord so much that we're willing to put our hearts in his hands. And we're not alone in that. In the first reading, we heard about Abram, when the Lord reveals himself to him, makes this promise that he's going to make his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And, and so the Lord promised him that this was going to happen. And then we know later on that because the Lord wasn't showing up, Abraham and his wife Sarah conspire to have a child on their own. Well, the Lord's not doing this, so maybe we're supposed to do it by ourselves, and so take Hagar and have a child with her. And then the Lord says, no, I'm going to fulfill my promise. You have to trust me. And eventually Isaac is born. When Jesus takes Peter, John, and James up the mountain for the transfiguration, they're They must have gone through this kind of emotional roller coaster, you know, like, oh, we're being chosen. We're the special ones. And then they get a front row seat for the transfiguration. They see our Lord in all of his glory. They see Moses and Elijah who represent the law and the prophets, everything that they had observed as Jewish people growing up. And they think to themselves, we made it. Like, this is the end. Lord, let us construct three booths here. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And we'll stay up here. And then everything sort of clears. And they hear the voice of the Father. This is my chosen Son. Listen to Him. Right? Listen to Him. Because you haven't yet surrendered your hearts to what he's come to do. 
And they go back down the mountain, and we know that Peter still struggles to surrender his heart. He has good intentions. Throughout the rest of this Lenten season, we'll hear about his intentions. Lord, I will never abandon you. Before the cock crows three times, you'll, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And we see Peter's denial, which is probably the biggest Lenten relapse that was ever committed. And yet our Lord still returns to him in mercy, and he still calls to him, and he still invites him to surrender his heart. And finally, the last words that Jesus says to Peter are, the day will come when people will bind you and take you where you do not want to go. And at that point, when Peter gives his own life, he's really surrendered. And so surrendering our hearts means I'm going to surrender to our Lord the way I think my life is supposed to be, the way I think things are supposed to be. In a really simple way, when we're tempted to watch TV because we gave up TV, we just say, Jesus, I surrender to you the fact that I should be able to watch TV right now. And just invite you into this space in my heart, or Lord, I surrender to you these cookies that I want to eat right now. Because I need you more than I need these things. And when we develop the habit of doing that in our own spiritual life, when we develop that habit of surrender, then in the difficult times of our lives, when our life is Lent, we're able to more readily say things like, you know, Jesus, I surrender to you the life that I would have if I didn't have cancer. Jesus, I surrender to you the life I would have if the Attorney General wasn't investigating our diocese. Jesus, I surrender to you the life I would have if my husband or my wife or my parent didn't struggle with an addiction. And I place my life in your hands because I have no control over this and I need you to come in and redeem it. And it gives us hearts that are able to listen, that are able to take in the word of God and allow it to take root in our hearts and to form our thinking to form our emotions, to form every action of our lives. It's in that place of surrender that we become transfigured. And we begin to reveal who our Lord is in all of our thoughts, in all of our words, in all of our actions. We reveal the fact that we belong to our Lord. 
and not to the world. And so today, let us pray for the grace to renew our commitment to our Lord during this Lenten season, to renew our surrender to him. And that we have the grace to fully surrender our hearts so that he can transform them, so that he can make them new. That when we renew our promises and when we renew that act of trust that we made in our baptism, when we renew that at Easter, that we truly may glorify our Lord in every thought, word, and work of our lives.